Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak on a Mock Draft Monday edition of the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED and then 1-5, and you will get 15% off your next order on some of the best tasting protein bars on the planet. We've been running through our guest mock draft series, and we see that you guys have been enjoying that, which we really appreciate you listening and sharing. We think it's been a lot of fun as well, but we got to take a little bit of a break for Ben and I to do some mocking of ourselves. We can't we can't just let everybody else do the mock drafting because then we just start to get the itch, and, and this is, you know, this is our escape outlet. This is where we do it, here on the Monday edition of the podcast. What we're going to do here is we are going to do a full first-round mock one week out from draft week, and it's going to be a predictive mock draft. So this is what we think will happen on draft night just, what are we, 11 days away from round one of the 2021 no, NFL Draft. What is it? No. Seven, eight, yes. nine, no, ten. 11, ten. Right, right. You know, yeah. Ten if you count the extra, or eleven if you count the extra day. Ten if you don't. Right. So, yeah, it's ten. The other voice that you hear is my esteemed co-host Benjamin Solak. Benjamin, how are you? Everything is delicious. I'm almost done with Wandavision. So, I'm be, sad. Man, people have. How many episodes you got left? One. Oh, dude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Do you think you will watch it before Friday? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay. Somebody asked somebody asked us about WandaVision for Fan Friday cuz we're going to get into it. Yeah. Wait, uh, by the way, am I, I I was thinking about this today. Am I remembering correctly that you've never seen Draft Day the movie? Nope, never seen it. Okay, we might have to watch it next week when we're together. Announcement TBD on that. Okay. But cuz I feel like a great content for the pod would be your first reactions to that seminal piece of art that should, is draft day. Should I just live tweet it? No, you should watch it and I should get to live tweet you watching it. I want that engagement. Okay, but what if I live tweeted it and then you live tweeted me live tweeting it? Yeah, just full meta Twitter content, baby. Let's <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that's probably the way to do it. Okay, so before we get to the actual draft day, we're going to have a draft day of our own here. God, the transitions, folks, this is why you give five stars to the pod. We're going to be doing a predictive first-round mock draft here. Ben, do you want to pick odds, or do you want to pick evens? I want to pick odds. I'm so done picking for the Eagles. I have no idea what they're going to do. Everybody stop asking me. <laughs> I was going to have you pick it. Okay, all right, that's fine. All right, so you, you could pick that. Just don't blow the Bucks pick at 32. That's all I'm saying. Is that fine? Never have, never will. Okay. All right, so then you're up at number one overall? Uh... My favorite fun fact about the Trevor Lawrence pick at number one now is that if he isn't the pick at number one, the Jaguars bought him a toaster for his wedding. Yes, Not I know. Jaguars, but Jaguars fans bought him a toaster for his wedding. And then he donated, and they also donated to, 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 to charities. And Trevor Lawrence and his, his new wife, congratulations to Trevor, just donated 20000 to Jacksonville Charities, which, well, it's not like that's bad if he doesn't get picked. It's right, just it's hilarious. No, it's, it's, it, so I was... I was watching the infancy of that unfold because I follow a lot of Jaguars fans. You know, Florida football, Tampa's very, I mean, Tampa's not very close to Jacksonville, but relative in proximity. I mean, like, I, I just follow a lot of, of, of Florida football fans. And so I was watching this, like, start, and it was just like, hey, Venmo me money, and we're just going to get Trevor Lawrence something on his wedding registry. And it turned into, like... <laughs> thousands of dollars the Jags fans came together and they they bought the this like bougie ass toaster that is like basically an iPad and will also warm your toast for you toast your bread for you that was probably the words that I probably should have said there and it's just it's it that then they came together and also your pre-toasted but cold bread they came together and also donated a lot to charity and then Trevor Lawrence actually tweeted two Jags fans but he said at the end of the tweet, you ready for this, Ben? Mm-hmm. He said, thanks again. We hope to be a part of your community soon. <laughs> I love it. Why? Why Why act otherwise? King. Absolutely. 
absolute. Hope, hope to be able to hang out with all the OG Jags fans in the future, baby. All right, so the New York Jets here at number two. I know some people will cape for Justin Fields here. I mean, but this is a predictive mock, and I'm picking Zach Wilson. Even though there's been a little bit of wiggle room as of late, which is... Oh, yeah? I mean, I've just seen people be like, oh, you know, Zach Wilson, big market, New York, maybe they don't have their mind made up. I was wondering if you had heard something. I mean, that was... Uh, this, is, this is just rumblings, but it's it, it's... This is the darkest of smokescreen season, and I, I just I don't believe it. I think that Zach Wilson is absolutely going to be the number two overall pick in the draft, and so we're sticking with it here. Three Niners. Now it's officially my my uh, draft starts right then on the clock. Um, what was that? I did, dun, 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 dun. Okay, that, thank you. Thank you. I need I, I did just that need... like five times speed. Right, right. Which, hold on. out the, some, it's, it's come to my attention. That some of you out there listen to this podcast at two times the speed. And for as fast as Ben and I already talk, for you to do that is just a feat of superheroes, of mystic powers. I don't understand how you could possibly do that. But my, but, but my hat is off to like, them. I listen to pods like 1.5, and I don't listen to our pod on 1.5. I think it's too fast. I mean, I don't, anyway. listen, I don't, I don't listen to our pod at all. It's, I think it's garbage. Bad content. Number three, Niners. Justin Fields right now is the small favorite in Vegas. Mac Jones is, is a little bit behind him, and then Trey Lance is the distant third. I think it's Justin Fields. I think it, I, if, if you made me pick right now, I would pick Justin Fields. If you would, At any point since they made the trade, if you made me pick, I would pick Justin Fields. I think there's a chance it's Mac, and I think there's a chance it's Trey. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, I think it's Justin Fields. It's one of the seven arms. I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but Kyle Shannon has a quote from a couple years ago where he was basically like, the first thing in quarterback evaluation is you want to find a guy who's just an elite thrower of the football. Like that, he said at any time in like the league, there's like seven guys who are just crazy arms. And if you can find one of those guys, you draft him or you get him and you don't worry about the rest of it. And if you can't find that guy, then you talk about scheme and whatever, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but if you can find one of the those guys, you go get that guy. So to me, Justin Fields is that guy. Uh, Trey Lance also might be that guy. So it's a little bit weird, but I'm going to take Justin Fields at three. You know, it's kind of funny because you're right. I think that it comes down to sometimes we make it a little bit more complicated than it needs to be. And that's why I, I truly do not have any reservations when I predict that Justin Fields is going number three overall. I, I don't. And it's because of that reason. I think that Kyle Shanahan, amongst other really good coaches, would also tell you that. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because Nick Saban had a clip that was going around Twitter. I, I don't know if anybody saw it, but he was he was explaining the Rip Liz cover three, like man match yeah. kind of uh, like concepts and like how that came to be. And the beginning of the story is simply when he was on staff with Bill Belichick with the Cleveland Browns, they could not beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like their cover three just could not beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And at the beginning of the story, he says these words, and I think that we often just overlook them because we want to get to the complex stuff, but he goes, their dudes were better than our dudes. If our dudes were better than their dudes, it wouldn't matter. But because their dudes were better than our dudes, we had to come up with a system that was a little bit more complex to really kind of like cover our asses, if you will. That's like... Football boils down to just like, do you have right. the better players? Is this the better player? Is this the better football player? And I feel like we often just throw that away because we want to get to the complex part. Well, tell us about the scheme that he runs out of. Well, what what about the coverage types that they ran last year? Blah, blah, blah. A lot of times, if you are just like a true Trump kind of a prospect, like you could just be a Trump card of a player, that's it. That's all that matters. Like, don't overthink it. Just go get the good, go get the good player. And I really do think that's what we're talking about here at number three overall. So Justin Fields, correct. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. Maybe Trey Lance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, this is where the draft really gets complicated. I think the Falcons could want to trade back. I think they could also draft Kyle Pitts here at number four. But I'm going to have them drafting Trey Lance at number four. I'm going to have them doing it. I'm going to go Trey Lance. I like it. Uh, there was the rumor that's long been around that Fontenot likes Trey Lance. Uh, and then that Arthur Smith wants to hang out with the veteran quarterback. He just wants to do a system. Uh, 
I think Atlanta's in a tougher spot to trade back than people realize. Because since he at five isn't trading back, and Miami at six isn't trading back, and neither one of them are taking quarterbacks. And Detroit is apparently willing to trade back. That's a recent rumor. I think it was Ben Standig of The Athletic who had it. Uh, and so if you are Denver at nine, Minnesota at 14, New England at 15, whatever, uh, and you want a quarterback, you don't have to trade up to four unless you really think Atlanta's going to stay and take that guy, which obviously here they're doing. But if Atlanta's trying to trade back, then presumably they're not going to take a quarterback. And so wait out five, wait out six, and trade with the Lions at seven. Easy money. It's going to be less of a trade up. So I think that, yeah, Atlanta's in a trickier spot to trade down than people realize. And I still think they're a good quarterback landing spot team, even with the Matt Ryan restructure. Now you're up at five. How come I just had to do your explanation for you? How did that happen? Uh, Listen, you just started talking. I let you go off. All right. If I am predicting who the Bengals are taking at five, yep. right now it is 55%, 45%. Penny Sewell to Jamar Chase. This is the toughest one for me. You think? Uh, wait, wait, wait. You think, where is, where is the percent? Was that just in your head? Is that like the inner battle? I did 55, 45, Sewell, Chase. It's ordinal. I think it's flipped. I know. We disagree on this. Well, we disagree on a lot. Yeah, we got a whole nine days to figure this out. Start calling up your boys. Duke Tobin, what's the situation? <laughs> Big D <laughs> in the house. Come on. I like your snapbacks. I like the way you wear them inside during press conferences. Who are you picking? Um, <laughs> Penny Sewell. <laughs> I, think it's, I still think it's Sewell. I still think the offensive line investment is worthy. I don't think Riley Reef changes your plans that significantly. I think that because your interior is so bad as well, that you can take Reef and put him in at the guard spot and feel confident that's going to go well. Uh Wide receiver and tackler both deep, but your wide receiver room already has a couple of, of 80 plus, 100 plus target guys. Uh, so you don't need to add a, one, a number one wide receiver to that. I don't really like love how Chase fits with that room anyway. Uh, so Penny Sewell at five to the Bengals. That puts the Miami Dolphins up at number six. Kind of similar to the Justin Fields thing at number three. Just go draft a better player. Like, just do it. Kyle Pitts is on the board. I, I think that he is. And Kyle Pitts is going to be. Am I crazy by saying this? I think that Kyle Pitts is going to be a top three player on almost every team's big board in the NFL. Like, if they were doing all of the players. Yeah. Like, if they're not, like, throwing players out just objectively. Like, if, if the Steelers do not think that there's any way that they're going to get Kyle Pitts, so he's just, like, they're not paying attention to him to their board when they're building it. I think that every team in the NFL would have Kyle Pitts as at least a top three player in this class. Is that fair? Yeah, the, the legend goes that as you're having happen right here, I believe, you know, teams as pure pass catchers prefer Kyle Pitts to Jamar Chase. And, so. I, and I think that Miami is going to be one of these teams. So they move back up to six, I believe, with a handful of guys in mind. Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and Penny Sewell. They're going to get the chance to draft one of them. I think that it would probably be in the order of Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell. So yeah. Pitts off the board to six. All right, then the Lions here at seven are full sending Jamar Chase because you had catch point players in Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. You lost both of them in free agency. You had Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman, who are more so speed guys. And yes, they have size, and yes, they can play on the outside, but they should not preclude you both on one-year deals, both inconsistent players, from taking Jamar Chase, who can then be hopefully a dominant X receiver for you, as you had in Kenny Galladay and then subsequently lost. Uh, wide receiver room in Detroit is about as bad as any position in any team in the league right now. And right. so while it's interesting to think about them doing other stuff, quarterback, cornerback, trade back, uh, any pick at wide receiver, any of the three players is completely justified. Carolina Panthers at number eight. I think it's offensive tackle because I think that the play, the, the, the people who were most plugged in to the Panthers situation or about as plugged in as you can possibly be were the first ones to kind of tell us that they were skeptical of the Panthers always trading up. Like they were saying, okay, like I'm, I'm not so sure that the Panthers are in on this quarterback class like everybody else thinks. And, you know, when the Niners trade went down at number three, it was those people who were kind of like, mm, Carolina might not be as much of losers in this as you think because they might not have been as involved in these trade talks to move up if it didn't have to do with Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. So we now see them trade for Sam Darnold. And I think that a lot of those same voices who have said their opinions on the matter have now immediately shifted their talk to offensive line. And I believe that they would be comfortable taking either Penny Sewell or Rayshon Slater. So I think that it's going to be one of these guys here. Certainly if Kyle Pitts can make it to eight, I think that they'd run up to the podium for Kyle Pitts and they would make it happen. 
But with that, not a possibility here in this mock draft. I'm going to go Rayshon Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. They need a left yeah. tackle. I think that's the way they're going to go. No, I think it's chalky. I like it. All right. Denver at nine. Uh, I've been making them the Michael Parsons spot here for a couple of weeks now. It makes too much sense. I realized something the other day. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, the Broncos added a nose tackle. They brought in Shamar Stevens from uh, from Minnesota. They re-signed Shelby Harris. And again, Vaughn Miller back. So edge room is is bolstered from what it was last year. Corner, they signed Kyle Fuller. Safety, they re-signed Justin Simmons. Bring back Will Parks. Re-signed Green Jackson. They didn't touch linebacker. They didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Josie Jewell and AJ Johnson are both, I believe, on contract years. Neither one of them got an extension. And they didn't add anybody who could potentially be a spot starter or a future starter. Nothing. They didn't touch linebacker. Ergo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm double checking. Josie Jordan, AJ Johnson, both on contract years. They have no off-ball linebackers signed beyond 2021, save for Justin Trinad, their fifth-round pick out of Wake Forest couple years, uh, last year. Ergo, this feels like Michael Parsons to me. This is a this is a full tea leaf read. I've heard tea leaf read. I've heard nothing from anybody in Denver. Uh, I haven't seen anybody in Denver really like suggested that hard. But they spent top ten. The big thing just spent a top ten pick at linebacker on Roquan Smith like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Parsons is a is equivalently fast, equivalently quick player. He's just bigger. And yes, I don't think he's as smart. You might need a little bit more time. But you do have AJ and and Josie for the next year to to ease the onboarding process. So I'm going to take Michael Parsons. At nine to the Broncos. I think that with this board, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, there's no temptation with Trey Lance. We had Cody Rourke on for our guest mock draft to pick for the Broncos, and he, he picked Jeremiah Uusu-Koromoa. So I I think that he also is in kind of the same camp where they would like to upgrade linebacker. Cody also said, and I, th- I think that this is interesting because he gave context to this, Juwan James, their right tackle, their scheduled right tackle, where I looked at that a couple of weeks ago and thought that that was just strong. It was just a strong addition that his name is there, right? I mean, he got hurt right after he signed that big contract with them. He opted out of the 2020 season. And Cody was saying, yes, Juwan James is penciled into the right tackle spot, but he's going to have to basically earn that spot again. Like, it's not like it's just his. Like, Cody did Mm -hmm. not talk as if the Broncos have have made it known that they're like, oh yeah, Jawan James is our right tackle, like for sure. And so, if Slater makes it to nine, I think he's going to be high on the board for them. For the way I'm fine with that. Slater's not at nine though, right? No, 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 no. He's not. Okay. No, no, he's not. I'm just You're making I'm, me think I got the wrong. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing these scenarios out because we're obviously getting much more predictive towards what we're doing, and so I'm just trying to kind of tell people what we've been hearing as a collective for every pick, even beyond the guys that we selected. Because I agree with you. I think that the heavy effort to improve so many different areas on the team other than linebacker is pretty telling. And I think that that's a big target for them. They could potentially trade back from nine. Maybe they don't have to pick Micah Parsons. Maybe they're cool with Micah Parsons or Wusakormo, which would be kind of weird because they can play different positions. But like this could also be a team where maybe they don't believe they got to take a linebacker at nine. They might be an easy trade down team if, if some team wants to move up yeah. dallas oh, what what go ahead go ahead we haven't traded yet at all no we haven't and i'm i'm gonna be a just a little bit more wary with trades just because if we're doing a predictive one it's so hard to kind of like nail who exactly would move up for what and blah. blah I did blah, a predictive so. mock releasing today, Monday on the draft network, and I traded like four times. Well, I traded a bunch on mine the the week before yeah. as well. It's but. much easier written than on podcasts. You're just kind of like, do it. We're supposed to like put in the research. <laughs> yeah, who wants to put in the work? Not not either of these co-hosts. I'll tell you what. Not a sixty minute time frame, which we're currently wasting squabbling about this. <laughs> We got plenty of time. Dallas Cowboys at number 10. This one, look, it's just, it's it's, it's chalk. It's the same thing as the Rayshon Slater pick at eight, but it just, it makes too much sense. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys can go much of anywhere else. I've often talked about 10 is the absolute floor for Kyle Pitts. If Kyle Pitts makes it to 10, I don't care that they picked CeeDee Lamb the past year. I don't care that they have Michael Gallup or Amari Cooper. It doesn't matter. They're taking Kyle Pitts. You just know that's going to happen. But Pitts isn't here. I don't think Pitts is going to be you here. You keep doing this. I keep thinking I got the pick wrong. It sounded like Pitts was there. You're not even picking at 10. Calm down. Yeah. I'm picking at 10. Confused. I'm throwing. You listen. Let, all right. Look at me. 
I'm doing the Barney Stinson. You you look at me right now. You look at me. Look at me in the eyes. I am. We got really. we got ten days till till night one. You gotta shape up, Solak. You gotta stop mentioning players that are already off the board. It's my podcast. Uh, no, no, okay. Not really. Just, just kidding. It's our podcast. Patrick Sertan at number ten to the Dallas Cowboys. Now you're up. I you you call it chalk. I still think that J.C. Warren could potentially be their guy. Anyway, eleven. Giants. Uh, I gave them Jalen Waddle at this spot in my mock on Monday. Please still click it if you're a Giants fan. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. My family is um, starving. I'm going to change that actually because I really think this is this is a good spot for Edge One off the board. The question is who's Edge One? Jalen Phillips out of Miami and Quiddy Pay out of Michigan are the two players that for me I expect to be in, in, in contention for Edge One. I love Aziz Ojolari. I don't think he fits enough teams to be a candidate. Uh, a little bit of a lower weight, sub 250. Uh, Jason always your dark horse, but that'd be stunning. Uh, I'm going to give them Quiddy Pay. I'm going to give them Quiddy Pay. Oh, uh, I, 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 it should be Jalen Phillips. I think that Phillips makes more sense, but it's the, the medical red flag. We really don't know where exactly Lee's going to value him just yet. And I think the right. number one thing I want to figure out over the next like nine days in terms of like talking to people and rumor mill and whatever is like what teams actually like Jalen Phillips enough to take him because he's so good. Um, but the Giants will play it safe here. They'll go for Quiddy Pay. They have what Shane Zimmon is, right? You, they, uh, do they have Marcus Golden still? I can't recall. Excuse me. I but either way. I think they do. Uh, what I know is that the Giants on their edge rushing depth chart could use a guy with a little bit more staunchness and a little bit more power. Uh, so they, they have Lorenzo Carter. They have a Fetty editing bows who they've added. O'Shane Zimmon is right. Ryan Anderson. They don't have anybody who's like a big hand in the dirt guy. Leonard Williams, obviously, but he's playing 290. I'm talking about Quiddy pay as like a five tech on um, being able to play the run all three down. So Quiddy pay to the giants at 11 golden went back to the Arizona Cardinals, by the way, he is not with the giants. Ah, uh, he's at any time. Marcus golden is either on the Cardinals or the giants. I, that's this is true. These are the only two teams that he's played for in his career. So that's a you know that's a fantastic statement right there. This episode is brought to you by Ten Ten, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at a fair price point. Ten Ten is an exclusive collection of ten creative styles of diamond rings designed by ten of the most distinct designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into anyone's life. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight. And very fairly priced, so you can give your special someone something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that, that someone will, cher will cherish forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 over at BlueNile.com. Also, you guys have been asking us about draft prop bets. We're going to get to that on draft week, but... If you're looking to place some bets before we get to that point or after Ben and I give you our advice, bet online is the fast and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, the NHL, the MLB, and of course the NFL draft, it's all coming up for you to put your money on the line. Bet online has you covered for all of the news, the scores, the odds, everything. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked on. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, I'm up at number 12 with the Philadelphia Eagles. We got Jalen Phillips on the board. We got Aziz yep. Solari on the board. Yeah. We've got Jalen Waddle on the board. We mm -hmm. got JC Horn on the board. We got Devontae Smith on the board. What Good a options. board for the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't mess it up. Gun to my head, who I think the Eagles are going to take at 12. I think it's going to be J.C. Horn if he's on the board at number 12. Am I crazy? No, I think that's very reasonable. Uh, to me, I would expect on this board it to be between Horn and Waddle with yeah. Phillips being your dark horse. So I'm I, then if that's the case, I am comfortable with it being J.C. Horn at 12. I really am. Yeah. I No, I think they're going to absolutely love J.C. Horn. Uh, whether or not they actually view their corner room as in need of that much help, dear God, I hope so. Uh, we will find out. Chargers at 13. Man, a little mini fall for wide receivers here. Who's Ooh. trading up for a wide receiver right now? Not Miami. Cardinals, maybe. Washington, maybe. No. Not I the mean, Raiders. No, I don't think the Cardinals would. I think Chicago might foolishly 
20 to 13, big jump. Mike Jones is still there, too. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I, I think I think Chicago is going to do something dumb. We, are, we can all agree on this. Right, because if there's uh, anything I've learned over the last couple of years is do not underestimate this current Bears regime to do something absolutely stupid on draft weekend. Chargers, I want, I'm going to check real quick and see what the Bears' cost would be for trading up with the Chargers then. Yeah, crunches the numbers here. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. Uh, 33. 20 to 13. And, repeating, of course. Yep. Uh, so, uh, okay, if I send... Uh, a first round 20 to move up to 13, a second round, and then next year's second round pick. Who are you trading it's here? Chicago? Chicago to the Chargers, 20 okay. to 13. Okay, okay, okay. So I trade 20 okay. and next year's second round pick to get to 13. That gives me an unlikely offer acceptance, so we're close. So let's also send a 2021 sixth. A two sixth. Four sixth round six. picks. All right, Jeez. I'll send a fifth then. I'll send a fifth. Uh, no, I mean, I, yeah. Mm. I'm just saying they can move up to the sixth round if they want. It's a difference of 50 picks. So it's substantial. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. Send a fifth, send a sixth, whatever. I'm sending that future two because I'm Ryan Pace. I don't care about future picks. I'm probably going to get fired uh, <laughs> along with a fifth round, sixth, fifth or sixth round pick this year and, okay. and 20. Move up to 13. I'm All taking right. Mac Jones here. I'm All not right. taking one of the wide receivers. I moved up in front of Minnesota and in front of New England uh, to get the quarterback who you know, if you can build around him successfully, I think Mac Jones can have a good career. That offensive line still needs work and that wide receiver room still needs work. So I don't know if it's going to be right away, but you've got to do work to get him. You've got to do work on the rest of the team to get him in a good situation. If he's in a good situation, I think he can be beneficial to you. Minnesota Vikings up at number 14. Had a great guest mock draft podcast with Courtney Cronin for ESPN who covers the Vikings. She talked about interior offensive line definitely being a need, but she ultimately went with Quiddy Pay. I just I I I don't think the Vikings are going to do it. I think that that could definitely be a smart option. Ben took Quiddy Pay at number 11. Sorry, I didn't mean to freak him out there like I freaked him out throughout the I'm whole chilling. rest of the podcast. Right, going on. Okay, cool. Uh J- Jalen Phillips is left on the board and there's obviously the big question mark with the concussions with Jalen Phillips. Are you going to invest 14 overall? I'm not so sure that this is the year that the Vikings will change their strategy of not really drafting edge rushers in the first round or defensive linemen in general. Elijah Vera Tucker's here. I think this is the pick for them. It makes too much sense for the Love Vikings. It. I know it's it, it's been chalk for a while, but this is the right pick. Yeah, I have that. And never mind. I don't have that in my mock. Go click on it. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker. <laughs> maybe, may, maybe you should go click on it. <laughs> um, well, no, I just I don't want to reveal anything. I to make sure people click it. Got to get those numbers up. Uh, okay, great board for the, the Patriots here. We're going to stay. We're going to pick a wide receiver. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, don't care. This is great. Waddle and Smith both falling. This is huge. Uh, I think they would prefer Waddle for the athletic ability. Um, but if, like, Saban is gung-ho about Devontae, which I imagine he is, maybe, I, I don't know, it's the intangibles I, thing. I think, they, I think they'd pick Devontae. No, I think, well, okay, the thing is, like, even with Bourne and Aguilar, like, maybe Aguilar's a little bit of a field stretcher, but nobody's got ball and hand ability like Waddle does in their roster right now. Uh, so you turn your short targets into big gains. Waddle's just, that's that's the thing I always go back to with Waddle. It's just for 75% of the rosters in the league right now, he would walk in and immediately be the, the best player with the ball in his hands. And that's just game-changing. It The ability to turn screens and shallows into explosive gains is just like, it's the freest money in the league if you can get it. It's so beneficial. So I'm taking Waddle at 15 to the Patriots. I'm in charge now. I'm the captain. Okay, all right, you're right. Cardinals are up at 16. I'm going to have them taking Greg Newsom. Corner is just such a big need for him. Devontae Smith's still on the board. you got offensive linemen on the board. you got an edge rusher on the board. But I still I, I still just think that corner's got to be – you've got to get a player in there who can, who can potentially start for you year one. And starting year one at corner is always a really tough ask, especially at outside. But I think Greg Newsom plays the position – very smart. I think he understands what's going on. He's got great athleticism. He's such a great recovery player as well, even when in the times he gets beat. I think this is the pick for them at number 16. And I, I really do think that Newsom's going to go off the board earlier than people expect. I, I had Titans yeah. fans who were just questioning why I had them move up from 22 to 15 in my last mock draft that I did. And they're like, you could still get Greg Newsom at 22. And I try to tell them, like, I, I genuinely don't think you can get Greg Newsom at 22. I think he's going top 20. I think the NFL really likes him. His game is very solid. So he's going off the board here at 16 to the Cardinals. 
who's jumping Washington to go get Devontae Smith? Uh, Titans at 22? It's usually Rashad Bateman. Right. But, but like, they need the anybody Jets? to catch the ball. And the Jets? Dread. Jets I also thought of. Yeah. Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jameson Crowder. He fits what they currently don't have. Uh, now the Steelers. Jaguars at 25, maybe. Yeah, Chargers I think, already I think about back. the Jaguars, too. Jaguars, LaVisca, Marvin Jones, DJ Shark? No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess. I guess. I'm just, I'm just thinking of I'm trying to put myself in Urban Meyer's shoes and like if Urban Meyer had the chance to go up and get the Heisman winning right. wide receiver like would he do it? I think he might. Here's so here's actually the the thing I struggle with. I don't think the Raiders are going to really want to move back, especially if they can get Christian Darrisaw here at 17. Uh, Jalen Phillips and Christian Darrisaw both make a ton of sense for this team. Desperately in need of pass rushing help. Had the. F- uh, fourth fewest sacks in the league last year as a team mm-hmm. uh just lost mohurst lost arden key you know so phillips makes a lot of sense the talent is crazy um but darisaw's size ability to plug and play hopefully i mean like oof, she's actually didn't play right tackle Tevin's here, Tevin Jenkins. yeah i think the Tevin, Tevin can make right. a lot of sense yeah i don't know the raiders don't seem to me like a team that wants to be moving back right now they they, they need to hit on picks um i'll take tevin jenkins uh i think it's good tevin jenkins to, to plug and play on the right side as opposed to Darius, so i would have to make the switch uh which i don't think should be that prohibitive but if we want to split hairs then I'll, I'll give the edge to tevin jenkins here i'm gonna go with christian Darisaw for the miami dolphins at number 18 i i often go away from them upgrading offensive line because i feel like they are relatively comfortable with the younger guys that they have you know we talked with kyle krabs on our guest mock draft and we all we also talked with Cameron Wolf here when he was making the pick at number 18 and, and we asked about offensive line and they both seem to think like the, the Dolphins are probably comfortable with the offensive line they have right now but certainly not blown away if they love Darisaw this could certainly be a pick if he makes it here so mm. I have not seen this before you know, Micah Parsons is not there Wusu Koromoa is still here the running backs are still here, but I feel like they would just... Chris Greer would want to use his first-round pick on an offensive tackle more than anything. And I think that Christian Darisaw, with him sitting here, makes a lot of sense for him. Yeah, I also think about getting the Dolphins a tackle upgrade early and that kind of being a dark horse thing. Uh, this is on me. The, the Washington football team is taking Devontae Smith, and they're running away with masks over their face because they think they're going to be pursued by the police. Like This is just a bananas robbery. This is Joker in the bank walking away with millions i don't really remember what happened in that opening scene to be honest this is a win uh this this is a heist this is uh, curtis samuel terry mclaurin Devonte smith i have three players who i'm comfortable running at all three levels are any one of them huge no i've camp sam's antonio guinea golden kelvin Harmon, all in the depth chart if i need a post-up guy i can get a post-up guy on the field um i can put Devonte, curtis samuel and terry mclaurin on the field and all of them are threats to catch the ball on the screen. All of them are threats to separate underneath. All of them are threats to separate deep. It's a nightmare situation. Uh, unless you have three guys you feel confident can match up and play man-to-man. And usually when you have those guys, they have size. And McLaurin, Samuel, and Smith are all so slight. And they're all they're all small and also quick. That I think even they would challenge the top man coverage team. So that is nifty. Uh, the fit with Ryan Fitzpatrick, like I said, post-up guys versus separators. A little bit wonky, but you can't pass up on that talent. So Devontae Smith at 19 to Washington. The Chargers moved back from number 13 to number 20 in this in this mock draft, and I think that that's a decent move, although they miss out on drafting both Tevin Jenkins and Christian Derrissaw and Elijah Vera Tucker because of it. Ultimately, I think that that might be a reason why they stay, just because they, they know that there could be a run on offensive linemen if they think that that's a super high position for them there. But with them being at 20 and the, and the board showing a lack of offensive tackles to choose now. I'm going with Caleb Farley. I think that corner oh, yeah? is a big need for them. They could absolutely pick a player like JC Horn at number 13. Daniel Popper was on for our guest mock draft at number 13. He did an incredible job giving us some great detail for what the Chargers might be thinking. And he talked about corner as being a huge need for them, along with offensive line, of course. But I think that, yeah, they would heavily way corner even at number 13 over some of the best offensive linemen so Caleb Farley still here on the board if they could trust Caleb Farley's back man Brandon Staley is new head coach there he knows what it means to have a shutdown corner on your team get Caleb Farley on the roster I agree I especially because of what Staley was able to do with Ramsey believe that corner is stronger on the Chargers board then we realize probably not stronger than tackle but still 
potentially stronger. I like you. You're really pushing corner early in this. I like this. Four corners gone in the top twenty. I think you got to go get him early, man. Yeah, it stinks for the Colts uh, who could use a corner and could use a tackle, and we've pretty much emptied the board of both. Uh, trade back if we can. Who's trading? Who up? wants? Who wants Uusu Who wants Jalen Phillips? I think you're going to get teams the, who are much more willing to trade up for Uusu To be honest with you, I don't. I am at this point. Uh, listen, Uusu Koromoa like only fits certain defenses. Not every defense wants a 225 pound linebacker. I'm with you. I just right. think the NFL is going to love Uusu Koromoa. I think there are going to be I, so many coaches that pop on his tape and just be like, get that football player on my team right now. Okay, but if they doesn't fit every defense, then not every coach is going to be doing that. It's going to be coaches who put on the film and go, do not give me that guy. I need a linebacker who's 235, 240. This is fair. This is what I'm saying. Okay, so uh, it's a weird board for the Colts. I'm not taking Cosme. I gave them Le- Leatherwood here. Don't, still, you still have to click the mock Colts fans. I gave them Leatherwood here. At 21, I think Leatherwood's going to go decently high. He's plug and play. I uh, make sense. <sighs> you pick. I don't want to do it. What? No, that's not allowed. I'm thinking no, about the Ravens not. trading up for Rashad Bateman ahead of the Titans. I'm thinking about the, the Browns trading up for Jalen Phillips ahead of the Titans. Browns fans will hate you if you have them moving up for Jalen Phillips. I can tell you from experience. Oh, okay. <laughs> like good, they just good, they nope. just they just do not want Jalen Phillips. And obviously they have Jadavian Clowney now, so Browns fans would be not very happy. Just pick Liam Eikenberg and and and, and just be cool about it. Liam Eikenberg tackle another day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about that pick when I try to fall asleep tonight. This is a good pick. As is this pick here, the Titans at twenty two picking Rashad Bateman. I mean, it's just if, as per usual. If if a cornerback can make it to the Titans, I really think that they would consider it, given how thin they are at corner right now. But Caleb Farley, Greg Newsom, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, all these guys are off the board. I don't think any of the corners that are left should be above Rashad Bateman, especially given what they have lost with their pass catcher. So Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota playing next to AJ Brown. I, I really think that that's a great combination for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, we. I mean, we'll, we'll hammer this pick until the sun comes home and i agree that i think that a, a corner makes it trickier but yes bateman generally okay jets are taking jalen phillips uh i think this is near the end of jalen phillips's range to be honest uh i know there's the concern the jets just signed carl lawson we have one of our edge spots locked up we could still use a second edge huge swing of the bat here but man if it works especially with lawson not being a super high sack number guy more so being a high pressure guy being able to add a second edge who's clearly pro-ready in terms of his frame and rush moves, can give you the ability to really jumpstart that. Uh, you know, Lawson's never been able to play with a second edge who's really dominant. I know he had Carlos Dunlap, but Dunlap was kind of on the, on the tail end of his career there a little bit. Uh, this, to me, is, is like I said, th- we're getting we're getting to the very, very edge of, of Phillips' range, in my opinion. So that's a quick pick for me, Jets at 23. Folks, we talked to you earlier at the top of the podcast about Bilt Bar, the best-tasting protein bars on the planet, They got 18 incredible flavors, including cookies and cream, caramel brownie, banana bread, peanut butter, raspberry, orange, double chocolate, coconut. I mean, like, they've got so many different flavors. No matter what type of protein bar you really love, they got you covered. Best all, these bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, but also very high in protein high in fiber as well. They're great for a keto diet for anybody out there who's doing keto. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's all caps LOCKED and then 1-5, and you're going to get 15% off of your next order. Use that promo code LOCKED15 when you find what flavor box you want to order to get 15% off over at BuiltBar.com. Last few picks in this predictive mock draft coming up after the break. Pittsburgh Steelers are here at number 24, and Ben, I got to tell you, This is a nightmare draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their number one target still on the board. Look, we're going to get to that in a second, but Christian Derrissaw, Caleb Farley, Liam Eikenberg, Greg Newsome, all of these players are off the board, and that's not ideal because normally we at least get one that makes it to the Steelers. 
Instead, they're sitting here with needs at center, needs at left tackle, a needed outside corner. And I'm going to have them taking a running back because apparently that's what Steelers fans want them to do. They're losing out on James Conner. James Conner is no longer on the team. Uh, Steelers are linked to Najee Harris. I don't know if this actually happens. That's why I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this Mock Draft Monday exercise here and now and then looking at it a week from now when we are closer to draft day, see if anything changes. But I'm going to have him take a Najee Harris because I feel like he continues to be the name that is linked to the Steelers. And now the running back need since Connor signed elsewhere is solidified. There we go. Yeah. I, I, I think it's so funny how basically like these, I would say the most common mock draft picks over the last two weeks has been number one, Jack Trevor Lawrence, number two, Jets, uh, Zach Wilson, number three, Steelers, 24, Najee Harris. <laughs> it's amazing, but that's like pretty much how it's been. Uh, everybody thinks this is how it's going to go. We'll see if a uh, smokescreen goes up, but that's what I'm expecting. 25 to the Jags. I am going to make the pick I made in my mock draft because this is where I think Jeremiah Wusukoromoa makes sense. The Jet, the Jags traded away Ronnie Harrison last year, who was their box safety. They lost DJ Hayden last, uh, this past offseason, was their nickel corner. They signed Joe Schobert to be a good coverage linebacker for them, and he was a fine coverage linebacker for them. So everything that Owusu Koromoa can bring, uh, play in the box, run and chase Will, uh, line up over tight ends on the line of scrimmage, handle tight ends and man coverage, line up over number two, number three to trips, handle and zone coverage, have necessary quickness to play downhill against constraint plays, be able to run and chase sideline to sideline. The Jaguars defense could use all of these things, right? Like obviously they have Miles Jack for the range at linebacker, but there's no real problem of having two rangy linebackers, especially because Jack doesn't have problems playing into contact the way that Owusu Koromoa might a little bit. Uh, and in that Owusu Koromoa is a box safety linebacker hybrid overhang player, a team that's just lost multiple dudes who fill at least part of that role makes sense. So Jeremiah was to to the Jags at 25. I think this is a sort of team that will prioritize this player. I think Wusukormo is certainly going in the first round, but it is a little bit of a roulette right now to figure out where he might go. I think a week from now, we might have a better idea the next time we do our predictive mock draft. Cleveland Browns at 26. As of late, they have signed Jadavian Clowney and they have released Sheldon Richardson. And to me, that, combined with the news that we're told, I guess the NFL is a little bit higher on Christian Barmore than we are, makes me feel like Christian Barmore could be the pick here at 26. I'm I'm not with right. Christian Barmore being the guy in like the top 20, but if you're going to take him in the first round, back into the first round, I think I'm more comfortable with this one, especially to a spot that does make sense for them. The need is certainly there for the Cleveland Browns now. They also, I mean, I would still think that edge is a decent need for them. Clowney's only signed on a one-year deal, but we're going to go, we're going to go with Barmore here at number 26 for Cleveland. Yeah, I think that Barmore ends up a first-round pick. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up picked in the top 20. Uh, that's just so rich for me, man. It is, but that's what we're hearing. And I, I agree. I think that this is a good spot for him if he gets this far down. 27, Ravens. I'm taking Aziz Ojolari, the edge out of Georgia. I like Trevon Merrick for him. I like Zayvon Collins for him. I like Terrace Marshall for him. A lot of good options. It's a good board for the Ravens. I'm going to take Aziz. Uh, Pernell McPhee and Tyus Bowser, the remaining edges. And I think both of them can start, and you're happy with that. But Baltimore was really good with a deep and diverse skill set group last year at Edge. They had Matt Judon, and they had Yannick Ngakwe, both of whom have now left for other teams. Add to the room uh, a man-blitz-heavy team uh, who's going to put guys off the line of scrimmage and then ask them to bail out. Uh, Aziz can fit that well. That's what he did at Georgia. He was dropped into coverage and zone with decent frequency relative to some other top round one edges that are coming out, has the size to do that. And then has the quickness to be aligned up on the outside, win the outside edge track, keep the quarterback in the pocket, let your interior rushers and your blitzers do the work from the, the B gaps. And so uh, good scheme fit, good need and a team that prioritizes the edge. Uh, Aziz Ojolari to the, the Ravens at 27. Uh, New Orleans Saints at 28. No more Alex Anzalone, no more Quan Alexander. Demario Davis is still there and he's fantastic, but I'm going to give the Saints Jameen Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky. We've heard that he could absolutely be a first-round pick, which, man, again, that's, that's another guy where it's like, all right, you're definitely you're definitely betting on the upside there with Jameen Davis, but I feel like the Saints are one of those teams that would look at the athleticism, look at what could be with him, getting him to run next to Demario Davis, and believe that they have a lot of impact there from sideline to sideline. So 
Might be a new name for us here in the Mock Draft Monday, but certainly one that we could hear at the end of the first round when uh, next Thursday. So I'm going to go with Jameen Davis, the athletic linebacker from Kentucky. You think Jameen's getting drafted when Zavin is still on the board? I, I Maybe, man. I really do think that there's a chance that that happens. I love Zavin Collins. I do too. I, I'm not making this pick if it's... Look, if it's me, I've got Zavin Collins over Jameen Davis for sure. But... I feel like I've read a couple of times that uh, the NFL really loves Jimmy Davis, at least some teams in the NFL. I yeah. wouldn't be shocked if the Saints no, I, I, Right. Yeah, I've seen the buzz. He's an interesting one. Uh, I would love to have a player like Jimmy Davis on my team if he didn't cost a first-round pick. 29 to the Green Bay Packers. I'm double-checking one thing. Okay. I'm still double-checking one thing. Okay. The little Lodi circle on the tab that I'm double checking has completely frozen. <laughs> Just not moving. It's highly concerning. Uh, uh, okay. Refresh, hammer refresh. I was thinking about Zaven Collins here to the Packers. I don't I'm trying I, to remember if they I added a I don't think linebacker for agency. I don't think they did. <sighs> How unfortunate. Okay. I'm going to take Alex Leatherwood here. I think that Leatherwood sneaks into the first round. He's the sort of profile that teams like, and critically, uh, it's a very stubby tackle class, not a lot of length, and Leatherwood is 33 and 7 eighths, just a hair under 34 inches. He's one of the longest arm length tackles of we expect in the first round conversation. Uh, and so I think that's going to put him over a guy like Samuel Cosme, who's fine lengthwise, but is more so on the borderline. Leatherwood tested pretty well. Uh, so let's have him potential right tackle replacement and the fact that he's maybe a guard convert as well for some teams has been talked about because of his quickness gives you versatility to put your best five out there. Buffalo Bills are up at 30. This is a really interesting team. I feel like getting corner two is really, really important for them. Edge is also a need. Jason Owe is still here. I wonder if the Bills would like Jason Owe, given the lack of production last year, how much they believe in the athleticism, how much they would believe in the value of getting a, a, a potential high ceiling pass rusher here number 30. Hmm. Eric Stokes is the next predictive corner that we have, followed by Kelvin Joseph and Asante Samuel Jr. I feel like they would want more of a tall corner. You scroll down, you've got Ifatu Melafonwu from the from Syracuse. I feel like that's probably more their speed. But yeah. Would, would they take Melafonwu at 30? Don't, I, I don't think they have to go corner reaching on this board. I would get it, but go for it. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Jason Oway. I'm gonna give them a pass rusher here in the first round and see if they might be able to wait. Which goes against what I did earlier in the draft when I was just having the cornerback run. But I'm gonna go with Oway at 30 for the Bills. Give them a good pass rusher, high athletic guy. See if they might be able to get a corner in mm. round two. I don't know if that's what they're gonna do. The Bills are another team that I'm gonna check some of the. Uh, People that I know who are very in on the bill, see what they say about maybe if Oway's on the board versus some other corners that might have been left here. I'll probably pick their brain about it, but I'll go Oway here for this mock draft. I The last three picks we've made, Jameen Davis, Alex Hollywood, and Jason Oway are all like first team, might sneak it around one, even though we don't realize it, players. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that we've got them all here. Uh, I will not have, I'll have the Colts stop the Zayvon Collins slide. Tackle board isn't great. It's basically just Samuel Cosme. Wide receiver board makes sense for them. Terrace Marshall, Elijah Moore, I could see them going on both. Uh, but they do need linebacker help, and Zavin's just too good at this point to pass up. Unbelievable size. Going to give them coverage ability. The the blitzing potential for Steve Spagnuolo is also just delightful. Uh, so to me, that's a, we never thought he'd be here. We're just going to go BPA and deal with our other positions of need later sort of situation. Buck sharp at 32. Yeah. There's just so many options. Landon Dickerson's here, and I'd love for them to pick Landon Dickerson. I just don't know if they're going to do it. Well, I have over 31.5 on Landon Dickerson's props, so that's acceptable. Okay, great. I'm not so sure that they're going to draft a running back because, of course, they have Ronald Jones, they have Leonard Fournette, they have Gio Bernard. They also have Keyshawn Vaughn, who I'm, I'm sure Jason is still, Jason Light, their general manager, is still not even close to giving up on at this point. So I'm not so sure that they're going to spend 32 on any kind of running back. This left Travis Etienne or Javante Williams. 
wide receiver could definitely be an option for them, depending on how they view the room. I think that Elijah Moore could be a great selection. I think Rondell Moore could potentially be on the table as well, depending on how they view him. I'm actually going to take Trayvon Merrick, though. I think that they saw how impactful Antoine Winfield Jr. was for a rookie last year as a much-needed spot at safety. I think they like Jordan Whitehead, but Jordan Whitehead is also going into a contract year this year. Merrick can do a lot of different things for you on the back end. He could play both safety spots. And so I'm going to go with the player who I think Todd Bowles would really like, and I think that Bruce Arians and, and Jason Light would like as well. So Merrick at 32 here for the Buccaneers to round out this predictive mock draft. Anybody we didn't get that you really wanted to get in? I mentioned Landon Dickerson. You got you I got think, Zayvon Collins in there. Yeah, which uh, Zayvon's got to go round one. He's too good. I, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I do agree with you there. Only four wide receivers would surprise me. Uh, I think that... You know, usually we just like, all right, someone's taking a wide receiver here. These guys are too good. We didn't uh, so have I think Terrace you... in there. Terrace didn't go first round. Yeah, Terrace, uh, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore. We're strong on like Barmore's wide receiver four. Or not Barmore, excuse me, Bateman at wide receiver four because we really like that fit with Tennessee. But from what you see from like league guys, like I think Lance Erland had tweeted about this today. Uh, no, I think maybe it was Matt Miller. Somebody did where they were like, wide receiver four is up for grabs. You know what I mean? That's not locked in Bateman at all. Uh which is interesting because, like, I think that Terrace Marshall could also be really good for the Titans. So, uh, I think we see more than four wide receivers. But other than that, pretty good. Jalen Phillips, twenty-three, cool. Liam Michael, that Colts pick was just—I like, don't know who to pick. <laughs> You're in a tough spot there. I'm very much looking forward to doing another one of these a week from now. Getting our final mock draft Monday before the first round of the NFL draft. Wow, it's just, it's crazy to say that it's already here. But uh, so much can change between now and then, the closer we get to draft weekend. And we're going to be doing mock stuff. We're going to be giving you all kinds of our uh, of predictions throughout this week, throughout next week, as we get you ready for draft weekend. Um, coming up in man, just 10 days. We're going to be finishing out our guest mock draft series as well. That's coming up next. We're at pick 21 as of right now. We're going to be running through the rest of the first round. And then also, yes, we're going to be giving love to the three teams that aren't selecting in the first round as well. So we're going to be running so many episodes between now and next Sunday because we want to be done with the guest mock draft series by next Sunday. So that includes getting from 21 to 32 and also getting those extra three teams in there as well because come next week, we want a mock draft Monday on Monday. We're talking about our final positional rankings, our final big boards, what we're hearing, some final mock draft predictions, and then it's going to be the first round before we know it. I'm excited for it. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft.